I'm going to tell on myself. <clears throat> I'm listening. I had a momentary feeling sorry for myself. A little bit of a pity party? It was a pity party. I did not get my E invite. Yeah, you definitely didn't. It's sad. Yeah. I'll dive in more on that. But but first, did you know that I use my kids as my weights? Herschel Walker did that. Yeah, it's really smart. You know, I don't want to make time. I don't like saying I don't have time. I don't want to make extra time amidst all the things that I'm doing to go to a gym. So Anderson and Everett weigh the same. They're the exact same way. We just got a swing set, <clears throat> and they love to swing. So what I do is, is I utilize with the push because okay. they love it when I push them, and I'm doing arm workouts and chest workouts and back workouts. I've been perpetually sore for like a week straight. Yeah. And then the baby, Navy, I curl him. Yeah, <laughs> so preacher curls. He loves it. Well, uh, we're a lot alike um, <clears throat> in that, we use our children's weight for exercise. You push your kids on the swing and you get that little kind of pushing motion. I stand there like a, the letter T and let my kids swing from my arms and Joy pushes them. But you know, whatever. That's insane. This is You'll Die Trying. I want to see you do that. I really did that earlier. Like I can't now because they're, you know. 16, teenagers. <laughs> 13, 15, 16. I could. They just don't want to be that close. Yeah. They're at that point where they're like, dad, you're, you're dumb, dad. Mm-hmm. Well. They're not wrong. No, I, I think they're totally wrong. Let's talk about obstacles, curveballs, speed bumps, hurdles, and other things that get in our way that really are, in the end, some of the best things that could have happened to I, us. Yeah, it's hard to admit that. And 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 thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us. Please be sure to give us a five-star review. Please be sure to visit you'lldietrying.com. Please uh, go to facebook.com forward slash you'lldietrying and, and like our page, tell a friend, tell a foe about us, and, and uh, leave us a nice review, like I said. You know, I learned that it's a five-star rating. And rating they, in the and they write a review. That's really dumb. Just I'm dumb. That myself. I'm so dumb. Me too. You can also leave us a voice message too, but you know, whatever. Anyway, so tell us about the pity party because I'm sure you're not the only one who's ever had one. <sighs> yeah, we are in a acquisition mode. Have been since 2016, and I get really excited about deals and future deals and potential deals and relationship building and people who are like two years out. But anyway, there's an opportunity that. I've been, I don't like saying babysitting. It's not, we've been nursing, visit, nursing, cultivating. cultivating for a while now. And yesterday it came to head in what was, is, could be a bad way. Ooh, a nasty. It just got, it didn't get nasty, like, you know, uh, <clears throat> potential seller, potential buyer. Not in regards to that. It's not like, like a pimple. No, it's, no, no. It's like there's other people involved, you know, like there's a lot of, moving parts with this 
opportunity, tons more than we've ever seen. I have ever seen. When I say we, it's you know my team has seen numerous of these in different facets. Sure, not me. It's odd that that a company would anticipate this happening quickly. Uh, I have a client who who brokers the sale of big businesses, hundreds of millions of dollar acquisitions and mergers, and uh, you know these things take years. Yeah. Years. So there, there'll be times, you know, when years go by and he hasn't made any money. It, it and just then it goes through and he's okay. Yeah, and it takes and, a long time. And I, I am aware of this. I mean, it's like this with being actively looking for acquisitions. It, there's a level of utter discipline. I mean, yeah, it, it's if it were easy, everybody would do it. Yeah, because you have to go and you have to marinate a relationship and build a relationship, a genuine one, not yeah, not real. a fake, false. Oh. You know, let's get a deal done, and then you're gone. Like this is a life, like forever. Any it's a business kind of, a, uh, of a marriage, really. any business that we've taken over, we literally, uh, you know, uh, up until the passing of Mister Schapmeyer, I mean, we had relationships, continuous relationships, and still do with all these sellers. Absolutely. So anyway, it came to head yesterday at about five o'clock, and you know, I've got people texting me and emailing me and calling me, wanting to know a status. Well, I don't know a status. I mean, I don't know a status. Mm-hmm. There's nothing I could do, you know. And then appraisals come back, and appraisals, you know, aren't in our favor. And then it's just like, you know, I know there's more than one way to skin a cat, skin a cat, but I go home and I'm just like, Bleh. yeah. However, when I told Megan that, Megan was like, "You don't seem like you're in a bad mood to me." So victory mm, for that. Good for you. Right. I was very proud of that. So I just kind of threw <laughs> a little a little bit of a, a little pity party, you know, inside my head. I'm like, man, this is going to go bad and everything's going to be terrible. And I told one of my mentors via text the situation that we had, uh, who just so happened to be at dinner <laughs> with someone that I needed to be in touch with, who is the owner, decision maker, leader in this profession. And he was like, oh, I just was so happy to be at dinner with this guy. And I'm going to have him reach out. And I woke up this morning, and guess what? There's an email Mm. in my inbox from my mentor and this guy. Serendipity right there. I mean, good Lord. Good Lord. Right? So what what seemed to be uh, a showstopper. It did. It felt like. Ended up being just an intermission. Yeah, curtains coming up now on the next scene, and it's going to be the best one. It, it's just wild because, you know, this situation, but any situation, things aren't going to go our way, and you can sit in the corner and cry like a little baby. Mm-hmm. And I don't. Yeah, I mean, I guess I felt sorry for the situation and myself yesterday, but I woke up this morning and it was good. Mm-hmm. It was great. Mm-hmm. So, how do we, Doctor Carroll, with any situation see the see the light see the good you know in it like <clears throat> i talked to my friend i talked to my friend jacob who we're going to be having on the the podcast here soon and he was saying man it's it's okay to walk away yeah. it's okay to have to you know a situation to not go in your favor and you to be like you know what i'm backing out yeah and you know it's a, hard to feel that a bad deal <clears throat> is uh worse than no deal Yes. So I was going to say absolutely, but almost choked on my wheatgrass. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm drinking a scurvy. Yeah. Scurvy. Is it scurvy? What's it called? A scurvy blaster? Scurvy blaster. It's really good. It's amazing. Yeah. Thank you for it, by the way. 
So, you know, okay, the first thing for me when I hear that, when I hear what you're saying is it's so easy from my point of view to hear this and to recognize and understand that the situation that you just described does not define you, would not define me or any of us. If it doesn't define us, if it's not the thing by which we are going to be known in memoriam, in perpetuity, perpetuity. That's helpful perspective, right? Right. When you're in it, it's awfully hard to get that because it's like, this is what I want. This is what needs to happen. This is what, what you know, this, this is a must and it's not happening. And it pushes, we're, it's pushing against us. We're pushing against it. It's that common, you know, that scientific, what is that inertia or whatever, when two things are pushing yeah. against one another. I think the best thing that you can do is stop pushing and just allow things to kind of unfold, to open up. And um, that's hard. That requires a lot of patience. I remember growing up into early adulthood wanting certain things and thinking as soon as I had the money, I was going to get that certain thing. And experts will tell us that if we want something, we need to wait six months. And if at the end of six months, we still want it and we can pay for it in cash, then get it, right? Other than a house and for most of us, a car. A car, yeah. But so if so, like for instance, I was thinking about getting into photography more seriously than I am, and I really wanted a camera. I've been researching them. I've been watching vlogs, reading blogs, getting really kind of into it. Yeah, but for like twenty-seven months, it was for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> and like, then I went on a trip, right? And I I borrowed your camera, really nice camera. We went on a trip. Never once took it out of my bag. And so I told Joy at the end of the trip, I think I just told myself that this is probably not going to be the thing that that I spend a lot of time, money, and interest in. Wow. Yeah. It wasn't, I, I didn't intentionally not. I just, I want to enjoy the trip. I'm not one to stop and say, let me take this picture. You know, I've got a camera on my phone. They're pretty amazing cameras now. So let's stop and take that pic, put it in my pocket and keep rolling. I don't have to get out my, my, my rolly duffel, unzip, get out 16 lenses, three tripods, and a, a, a microphone, and you know, let's tell the world about our trip. It's like, here's a picture of my gorgeous wife in front of this beautiful landscape. Now let's go to the next thing. So that was helpful to me. It was helpful to, that I now I'm not going to spend two thousand dollars on a that, mirrorless camera. That's that awesome that I may that, or may that not happened. Use. Yeah, but I, that's been something that I've had to learn. Another thing that I've had to learn in that same category is wait. This this I learned from my wife. Wait until you can get the right and the best of what you want. Don't go in and get a pack of Bix. So like temporary. If Don't what you want is a Mont Blanc. Wait, borrow, rent, whatever, until you can get the best that there is. Why get 10 crappy pairs of shoes that are going to break down on you in eight months when you can buy two pairs, spend a lot of money on them, and have them for a decade? You get what you pay for, right? So when you translate that into business, the same is true. You don't want to line up 10 funeral homes that function badly. Right. We don't want to hire 10 staff people who are going to end up really like thorns in our sides. We might hire one really phenomenal person and still have need, but we will never have to worry about that person's functionality. Right. You might 
by one location. When you wanted 20, you might have five, but they're all smashing. Less stress, better income, better quality of life for you. So I think it's important to get that kind of perspective. It's really hard when you're in the middle of it, though. It is really hard. If you're being a crybaby out there, stop it. Stop it. Well, it's probably good to go ahead and express it. Yes. Acknowledge it. Cry, but then ask yourself, okay, now what? I think that's the best, the best thing that I learned uh, from two phrases that come to my mind that I've learned from television shows. One is an old one. One is a new one. One was West Wing. One is New Amsterdam. West Wing, the president would finish every conversation with what's next. And his staff brings out the daily agenda. And it's like, now you've got to meet with the national security advisor. Okay, have this conversation 10 minutes later. What's next? He was, he was just ready, always moving, right? Then Max Goodwin, the uh, <clears throat> non-compliant crowd favorite medical director of the New Amsterdam Public Hospital in the show New Amsterdam, uh, he always says, how can I help? He'll walk into a room where he's been called, how can I help? It's on the back of um, the vests of people who work at Walmart. How can I help? I think, how can I help and what's next? You're showing you're in it. You want to do anything you can to make the world a better place. And you're always ready for the next thing. I, those are two phrases I think that could be helpful as you go into these conversations with brokers, with attorneys, with bankers, had the conversation, hey, it doesn't look so good today. Okay, how can I help? Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? This deal's looking good. I think it's going to go through. Awesome. What's next? Dang. All about perspective. Doesn't that blow your mind, guys? So it doesn't define you. Nothing ever does. I always uh, refer to this story. There's the story in the Gospels where the disciples are at, at the, in the Sea of Galilee, which is a rather large body of water in this kind of mountainous bowl, like a valley, and really horrible windstorms blow through there and you know bad things happen. So this, the storm comes up. The disciples think they're going to die. Jesus is asleep in the bottom of the boat. They're all freaking out. They're like, dude, don't you realize we're going to die? He goes up there and he's like, you have no faith, ridiculous ones. Peace be still. The whole thing calms. Who knows what really happened? I don't know. It's a pretty cool story though. And the disciples are like, wow, we almost died and now we're not. That's awesome. They never mentioned that story again. If you think you were literally going to die, you would think you would tell that story all the time, right? But they didn't let it define them. It was a moment, a punctiliar point in time. And then they moved on. What's next? So don't let... These things define you. Don't let the hard times, the obstacles, the hurdles, the road bumps, the traffic lights, don't let them define you. They're just moments. Then ask yourself, okay, what's next? And then come to me and I'll say, how can I help? That was good. That was good. Hey, before we move on, I want to go back to episode 69 and just let the viewers know Viewers. viewers. Yeah, the viewers who view with our ears. Yeah. No. <laughs> Ear viewers. That Joy Carol did not kill me. That was good. She wasn't even the slightest bit frustrated at all. She actually laughed and said, that was funny. Yeah, she texted me and said I had her worried because I was like, hey, listen, you know, like about like episode 69 that's coming out. She's like, I haven't listened to it yet. And I'm like, okay, well, um, you might want to murder me because I was trying to be playful and funny and 
Anyway, she said it was funny. So anyway, she did. That's good. That's good. I just want to let everybody know that she did not punch me in the face. We listened to it on the way to the the Willet Distillery in Bardstown. Yeah, which is funny because I haven't listened to one of our podcasts in a long time. I hate the sound of my voice. I think it's great. But it was fun to listen to it with her because she hears it and she'll pause it and she'll ask a question. And she has a lot of helpful insights for us in terms of how we could be better. That's awesome. Yeah. It's always good to want to be better. Yeah. And I I like people letting us know, hey, this is, try this or we want to hear this. You're absolutely terrible. (laughs) Quit now. (laughs) Okay. This will be our last episode. Quit now while you're ahead. Hey, Jonathan and Nathan, this is Jason Cashing. I've listened from the beginning and have thought wonderful things about your podcast. And while I wanted to mention that to you, I also wanted to let you know that my eight-month-old daughter now has a fascinating response. Whenever she hears the theme song start playing, wherever she is, she turns toward the sound of the podcast and gets excited and starts moving about. If she's on her belly for mat time, she starts trying to move toward the the phone even though she can't uh crawl yet if she's in her jumper she bounces up and down she loves your podcast jingle and we can't wait to hear the next one i think that i'll try to get a video next time around but uh she loves your podcast and she obviously has good taste thanks and keep it up bye it's pretty great though that we're 74 episodes in and um it's crazy. Listenership is on the rise. Uh, people sending messages to us on the rise. Really, really grateful for that because it really does help kind of give us some some sense of trajectory and and purpose. This isn't us two guys just sitting in the bottom of a closet. Well, we are sitting in the bottom of a closet, but yeah. we're not just doing this into a vacuum or into a void. Like we want to have a conversation that matters. And it's so interesting because when I listen to podcasts, I find myself wanting to like interject. Like, oh yeah, that, you know, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I, they can't hear they me, can't but I'm still you. in that conversation, you know, mm-hmm. and I can still participate in it because I can, I can hear what I would say. I can think about how I would contribute to that. I can say, oh, I, I don't know if that's true or yeah, that's a great point or gosh, I haven't thought about that before. And then I, I kind of take that on my own little rabbit trail. So I'm still, I'm part of the conversation. I'm just not in the room. And I can't, they can't hear me. So I, I want our listeners to know that we know that, that you are a part of our conversation. And it, that's fantastic. And we want you to engage in any way that you can. Yeah. Have you been thrown a curveball in the past few days that you can discuss? <clears throat> and if you can't, then we'll just move on. <laughs> a a curveball. <clears throat> um, you know, nothing out of the ordinary. It's, it's, I bump into the same obstacle all the time. And it, it has to do really with that, that topic uh, that we've discussed before and, and, and have interjected in many occasions about differentiation mm-hmm. and parenting, really. Um, recognizing that my children are separate people from me and it, it's going to be hard now so that it can be easier when they're older, raising adults rather than raising children and teaching them through consequences. You know, that's just, uh, it's harder for me sometimes than at other times. And I'm just, I'm, I'm not good at kind of separating all that stuff out uh, because of my own history and wanting there just to be good times and happy times because that might be all you have to remember 
And I have to remember that's, you know, that doesn't work. You can't raise kids just wanting everything to be happy and peaceful all the time so that they have good memories if you die young. You've got to teach them how to, you know, be responsible right. adults. And I'm constantly learning that. So that's the that's the only obstacle that I think I really run into. That in my own limiting self-beliefs. Yeah. I, I ran into a curveball the other day. It was actually a business curveball. I have... Well, let me ask you this. Do you think an hourly employee not working, when I say not working, I mean they are on the clock and they're texting or something. Do you think that that is stealing? I can make an argument both ways. Okay, make the argument that it is not stealing. If uh, an hourly employee has been contacted uh, by a parent, a spouse, a child uh, with a situation that is emerging and where they need uh, they need information or help, I would think that the humane thing to do would be like absolutely take care of that. I don't think that that's stealing because we would have an agreement that when it is necessary – you know, feel free to respond to people. But if it is not necessary, then you need to save that for your lunch break or your breaks or after work. Now, to argue that it is stealing, Mm -hmm. everything that we do while we're working belongs to the people for whom we're working. The work that we produce is theirs. The time that we use to produce it is theirs. The chair, the desk, the computer, the mouse, the keyboard, it's all theirs. So... Some people are provided a company phone. It's literally theirs. So I think that using uh, company property for personal use on company time is less responsible than it could be. I wonder if I'm like a. I wonder if I'm like over the top, intensely like. My expectations are out of this world. Well, number one, I think they have to be. Okay, good. The question would be, I think, one of control. Like, is it about quality of performance, customer satisfaction, and enhancing experience? Or is it about these people aren't doing what I told them to do? 100% quality quality experience, 100%. I am constantly thinking about the experience. There's a policy in the firm, this firm that you are overseeing, of which I'm a part, that people not be on their devices, their mobile personal devices in public spaces. Spaces where uh, family members, either new, returning, or potential, uh, might enter, right? And I see it all the time. And I don't know how many times we've all mentioned it in staff meetings, but I still see it all the time. It's definitely an issue. I do think that it is a form of, uh, I don't know if, if I would say theft, but it's its a form of, of, I think, employment irresponsibility. And I think it definitely needs to be curbed. But how? How do, how do you enforce something like that? Don't have a clue. I don't have a clue. It's like literally discipline. I mean, everybody is literally attached to these things. It is a problem. Uh, I mean, it, it, it is. I mean, you left your phone in your truck last night. Good for you. Yeah. 
good for you, buddy. Yeah. And I'm not saying that. That almost sounded like I was being sarcastic. I mean it. Yeah. It's awful. I didn't mean to. I just didn't know where it was, but that's where it was. <clears throat> but uh, it's because I'm so unattached to it, really, at home. I that's get on great. It. Right before bed, I'll get on, see if any emails have come through, see if I've got any business to attend to for the next day, but for a couple minutes. But last several nights, I've been like, I don't even want to do that. <laughs> It'll wait. It'll wait. Uh, how many text messages did you have this morning? Honestly, if you had to oh, think. Oh, it wasn't bad. Maybe uh, eight, nine, something like that. Seven of them were mine. <laughs> no, only two. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I do think that we need to... I think you need to have those expectations. And that's one of the things that I've, I've struggled with too with the parenting thing is you have to have expectations of your kids. You have to have expectations of your employees. You should not have expectations of friends and family because that's just the path to disappointment. But when you are an authority figure and one who kind of sets the rules and has to enforce them, you have to have expectations. You have no expectations for your kids. They will rise to meet them. If the bar is at zero, congratulations, you've got loser kids. Right, and this is kind of what I'm bumping up against. Is like constantly having to raise my expectations. Uh, I think you have to do the same thing with employees too. And if if you are the employee, I think you should hold yourself to a higher expectation than your employer does. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> if the <laughs> check up from the neck up. Yep. If your policy is don't be on your cell phone in public spaces, then my personal policy would be don't be on my cell phone at all. Let my loved ones know. Call the front office if there's an emergency, and I'll check in with you a couple times during the day during breaks when I can, and be present. That's the real issue is presence. Mm -hmm. That's where I think it comes down to stealing. If I'm not really present with you, then I'm stealing, I'm stealing my attention from you and from this task that is assigned to me. Yeah. I think that's a problem. Well, ladies and gentlemen, put your phones down. After this episode, of course, and just be present and stop crying, crybabies. Talking to myself. <clears throat> Definitely express yourself. <laughs> yeah, you keep going back to that. You express yourself. Yeah, I yeah. think worse than 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 having a pity party and that's crying, what I'm referring to when I say is, crybaby. I'm like pity party in yourself, like sitting in the corner and sulking and sh <clears throat> and rocking. Bottling it up is is dangerous too. Uh, yes, it is. Speaking of putting the phone down, on my way downtown today. Um, as I was sitting in bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic on rush hour in the thriving metropolis of Owensboro, Kentucky, I was behind a man in a small pickup truck. His back window was open. I could see his eyes in the rearview mirror, and I could see his cell phone. And he, he was an older gentleman, but he was one-thumb texting, which tells me he's pretty savvy because mm -hmm. a lot of people have to two-thumb or index finger. I'm a one-thumb guy. And he was texting the entire trip all the way down Crabtree Avenue, which is a you know a couple of miles stretch, the entire time, going slowly. So of course, doing my due diligence as a citizen, I rode fairly close to his back end so that he could know that you know I was there. Other people were there. He needed to pay attention. He passed a cop. The cop didn't do anything. Literally, the phone was windshield height, <laughs> and he was. One thumb texting, the his eyes rarely wandered off the phone. I mean, because I could see him. He was like, you know, 10 feet in front of me. <laughs> 10 feet. <laughs> I might have been a little close. Put your phones down in your vehicles. Yes. It is so dangerous. Yes, it really is. 
You're going to kill yourself or someone else. Listen to Dr. Carol. Put your phones down in your place of employment. Even if you don't feel like you have anything to do, if you have time to lean, you have time to clean. It's written right there at Menards. Is it? Yeah. It's right on the side of the counter in the paint and window blinds area. All right, that's it, folks. Okay, that's it. That's it. Dr. Carroll, you're cut off. I'm Nathan. That's it for me. I'm Jonathan. This is You'll Die Trying.